You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 42. Come on, let's go. Woohoo! Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Wherever you are and wherever this finds you, thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston. That's J O D Y. And of course, over on the Facebook with The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources that we will mention in today's episode. You'll be able to find over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 042. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 042. Really cool episode for you today as today features a listener and reader, somebody from the Longer Hall community themselves. Uh, Mike reached out to me uh, a little bit back after a senior banquet and, uh, just kind of comes on the show to share his story about staying today. And so if you're particularly finding yourself in a place where you are considering leaving your position and, or moving on, I think you'll find today uh, especially helpful and encouraging um, for you. So before we jump in here today, I want to let you know about something that uh, we're starting here. I say we, as in you and I here at the longer hall, um, particularly with the podcast that we're going to call a stay story. So you're going to hear Mike's today, um, kind of on the episode, he's going to be able to go into, uh, kind of some detail here and talk about, um, staying when he could have left really had a, everything around him on the surface seemed to tell him to leave. And yet he decided to stay. And so he's on today to talk about that. But what I would like to invite you to do is if you have a stay story where, Maybe you could have left and you chose not to, or you just, uh, you've just seen value in staying and staying put. Yeah, man, I would encourage you, I would ask you to go over to thelongerhall.com. On the right-hand side of the page there, you'll see a little red button. Um, if you could click on that button, just leave a real quick, you know, two minute or less kind of synopsis of your stay story then uh, I'd like to start featuring those on the show from time to time as, as we have an opportunity to do so. So head over to thelongerhall.com, click on that red button on the right-hand side there, and uh, leave a quick two-minute or less stay story that you have. And then from time to time, we'll feature those here on the show as a part of just the regular episodes that come up. So head over there, do that. Also, while you're there, be sure to check out the resource page. Lots of cool stuff there for you. It's the things that I find myself recommending over and over and over to people. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes, write and leave a review. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast there so that you'll get the episodes as they come out. Each time you'll be one of the first to know and jump on the mailing list if you haven't already at thelongerhall.com. You can join a few thousand youth workers there, um, get some special stuff that maybe everybody else doesn't get on the blog or on the podcast. So great episode for you today. I think it's going to be really encouraging. I'm excited for you to hear it. So with all that said and out of the way, we'll jump in here to today's interview from a listener and a community member. Here's Mike. 
Well, hey, Mike, thanks for jumping in and being willing to come on the show today. I, and I really appreciate um, you taking the time to do so. I know it's a, it's busy being a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. right now we're recording this in the summer, which is also a busy season, even in youth ministry, especially. So um, thanks for taking mm-hmm. the time to come on. Uh, yeah, no why, don't, why don't you take just a second here, talk just a little bit about your journey to youth ministry. Like, what did that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up in a, a pretty large church uh, in Northeast Ohio, and um, I never really had considered going into ministry up until maybe my end of my sophomore year, beginning of my junior year. Um, really fell in love with uh, what our youth ministry there was doing uh, in Ohio. And, uh, I, you know, I noticed myself um, kind of switching over from being a consumer uh, and, and just really rethinking how I approached ministry as a student and, and thinking, man, what could, what could I add to this to make it uh, all that better? Um, you know, how, how can I serve in the ministry and how can I start giving instead of taking? And that was kind of my first glimpse of, uh, of doing ministry. I asked my youth pastor what I could do to, to help out. And he said, you know, what we could really use help with Mike is, uh, setting up chairs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was thrilled about it. I just remember thinking like, oh, that's so cool. And, <laughs> and so, uh, I would get there early every single Thursday night and start setting up chairs for them. Uh, and I just thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. Um, it was, it was pretty fun for me. And so, you know, as we, as we went on, uh, I just continued to look for opportunities, uh, realized that I, I loved to teach. Um, and there was a couple trips that we took that were pretty instrumental. Um, to, at the time the trip was in Baltimore, um, it was called SEMP, uh, through Sun Life Ministries. And I just, you know, that trip basically taught me how to evangelize to my peers. Uh, and I just really fell in love with the idea of, uh, leading in ministry, um, and people would like come up to my parents and whatnot and just uh, would ask them, you know, has Mike ever considered going into ministry before? Uh, and so there's a, really a lot of affirmation uh, along the way in high school. Um, and so I went to went to college for it, went to Malone University in uh, Canton, Ohio. Um, only went for about two and a half years. Um, I did a high school option called the post-secondary cool. where I was able to take some uh, – like college credits while I was still in high school and, and the government paid for it. So hey, that's even like better. A, yeah, it was a win-win for us. And so I got through, I blazed through college in about two and a half years. Uh, my, my wife and I got married right after college. So I, I graduated uh, in December of 2008 and got married in February of 2009. Um, we were high school sweethearts. We started dating when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, so we kind of knew we wanted to get married <laughs> right, out of, right out of college. Uh, and so um, didn't know uh, my last semester, didn't know where I was going, knew I was getting married, but had no, no job or anything. So that was <laughs> quite yeah. a journey for us, a little bit of an ad- adventure, but uh, you know, we, we kept praying about it and God really provided open doors. And uh, so my, my first job as a youth pastor was actually as a part-time youth pastor uh, at a real small church, kind of close to, to where I grew up about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes away from where I grew up. Um, so it was nice to be able to go back home after college 
and uh, start ministry there. And once again, a part time, um, I was thrilled about it. it was just absolutely ecstatic about the opportunity there. Uh, and that was kind of my first taste of uh, youth ministry and, and getting into it and kind of really seeing, is this is this for me and is this what uh, what I want to do? So um, really enjoyed it, it, you know, really, really loved it. I uh, got super excited about it. Um, also worked full time at Joanne Fabrics. Hey, there you <laughs> uh, go. Yeah, their, their distribution center. I was actually an inventory clerk. Uh, at their distribution center. And so it was, it was you know, it was my tent making job. Sure. Uh, it, yeah. It paid the bills. Um, and uh, that's what I, that's what I did. <laughs> it's funny because that job was the full-time job and my yeah. youth ministry job uh, was the part-time job. And people would ask me, you know, what, uh, what I did. And I, I told them I'm a youth pastor, but I do inventory work on the side. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that just was my attitude towards it. And that's what, you know, my goals were and what striving. So yeah, that's, that's how I got into, how I got into ministry. Um, you know, just through the high school years, very formative years, my youth pastor was a huge influence on me um, and, and just kind of guiding me through those steps on what to do. Uh, just really instrumental and in giving me opportunities. I think even my senior year, I got to teach youth group a couple times uh, through college. I got to teach a little bit um, at my old youth group, had an internship there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the journey up until that point. No, I think, you know, I think most listeners can relate to a lot of that. I think, you know, a couple of things that you said that I that I hear a lot, which is good, is there there were other people kind of confirming your call and speaking into that. And, and yeah. man, that's so helpful. And then obviously a youth pastor who, um, who invested there and provided opportunities, but, but really you kind of sought out some things pretty early on mm-hmm. and were grateful as those opportunities came and, and didn't really feel like setting chairs up was beneath you, you know, like, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, and I really want to be in the sound booth and, uh, or whatever. Uh, and then, what well, man? When I for, first started in uh, in youth ministry, I was I was volunteering as a youth pastor at a church, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was working at uh, several jobs. And the same deal. Even later, I was a part time youth pastor at a church. My full time job, I was a team director at a nonprofit, and uh, you know, every year at the evaluations would come up, and okay, well, we, let's make a career plan, a path for you. And yeah, well, my career plan and path doesn't really end here. I mean, this is great and I, I love what I do, but it's not really my goal in life to work here forever. Um, sure. And, and so I think there's always a part of that as, as, and that's part of the struggle of, of being kind of the bivocational volunteer is that oftentimes the job that you're spending the most time at is not necessarily the job your heart, your heart is in as much. And, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I don't know about you, man, but for me, like those part-time years for me were some of the most fruitful years of my ministry. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you learn a lot about yourself and, and you learn a lot about your calling uh, and the confirmation of your calling in and through that as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. I totally agree with you, Jody. Um, I think those, I learned so much in those beginning years. Uh, you know, I, I look back at uh, stupid mistakes I made or decisions and uh, learn from those, uh, learned what worked, learned what didn't work. But like you mentioned, I think um, I learned mostly about myself. Um, you know, there was a huge transformation time for me then, especially when um, 
you know, my identity was wrapped up in being a youth pastor, I think, in college. Like, that was who I was. And I think through that time and even my current position, I've learned that, like, my identity is in Christ. Um, and, and it's not being a youth pastor necessarily. Um, and, and I think that's given me a lot of freedom to be able to do that work. And yeah. uh, so absolutely just learned a ton about myself. And um, I remember sitting down with my old youth pastor one time and we were just working out like my call and trying to figure out, OK, am I called to this? Is this something that God has for me? And uh, something that really stuck with me even through the years when we talk about like calling is, you know, he had mentioned three things that he kind of felt like the Holy spirit worked through. Uh, he said, opportunity, giftedness, and affirmation. You know, do, do you have opportunities? Like, has God opened doors for you? Are you gifted and talented in it? Like, has he actually gifted you? And then like, are other people saying kind of the same thing? Um, so really all three of those kind of need to come in line and, if God keeps opening doors, you just keep walking until he shuts a door. Yeah. And I think that's really good advice because I think there's two there's two sides of this. On one side, I think you walk really carefully and discerning uh, into a ministry. You, you've yeah. got to be confident of your call and, and pretty sure that there's really nothing else that you can do. And, yeah. and really be obedient and fulfilled. And the other the other side of that is once you're once you've got that far and you know, like, this is, this is what God has called me to do in my life, mm-hmm. then you can't just sit passively back and wait either. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. And I mm-hmm. see so many, I see so many people kind of waiting for this midnight vision, bright light kind of experience sure. of, of God just opening this door. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they just sit and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and yeah. wait. And, and I think we miss a lot of opportunities um, like that. But oh, absolutely. there are also opportunities and where we've got to be discerning that we don't just step through every door that opens, right? Sure, and sure. That, and that's why you're here today. I mean, that's yeah. really why you're on the show. You, uh, Mike's a listener and uh, part of the Longer Hall community for sure and emailed me a while back and said, hey, listen, I was going to leave and I didn't. And uh, and so, mm-hmm. man, I... I I was like, man, come on and share that because that's a side that we don't hear often. Um, and and staying and what is that? What has that been like? So you want to take a minute and talk through that? Like, where? How did all of that come about? And, sure. And play out. Yeah, absolutely. So, like uh, my, my first part time position, I, I was there for about uh, three and a half years, almost four years, I think. Um, and, and we, you know, we had merged with another church and tried that for a year and it didn't work out. And so they, they wanted to split the church back up again um, and, and kind of act like nothing had ever happened. And, um, you know, there were a lot of older men that were just good hearted and I think well intentioned. Um, but we, we kind of weren't OK with, with that idea of just splitting the church. And so my wife and I prayerfully talked about. Um, you know, do we go with one of the churches or, you know, what would we do? And um, it took us a while. That was a painful experience, but we decided to just kind of step out of that ministry um, and, and take a break for a while. Uh, we certainly needed to heal because uh, we have been hurt a, a lot just by some of the decisions that were made. Um, and they weren't even personal decisions pertaining to me, but just how some of our leaders were acting. Um, and, and so we, we ended up taking a break for a year and then, um, it's kind of like what you mentioned, Jody, earlier about that itch, that idea of like you can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, in the meantime, I, I had started working for 
um, a radio broadcast ministry that was out of the church I grew up in, uh, just doing like shipping and fulfillment work. So it was still like inventory work, uh, customer service type stuff. And it was a great ministry. And we had like the perfect life, you know, like uh, financially we were taken care of. Uh, our parents both lived in the area. We, we had just had a, a baby. And so like by the world standards, like all of our needs were provided. We were in our hometown. Everything was secure. Uh, and, you know, normally it would feel like we could do that for the rest of our life. But after probably about six or seven months of doing that and really healing, you know, I got that itch back of like, I can't just sit here and do this. Uh, I know that God has called me to ministry. And so um, once again, be, began praying about direction. Um, and we ended up landing. My, my wife, uh, who actually was opposed to moving out of Northeast Ohio, uh, she's the one that found the job posting for our current position. Hmm. Uh, and I think she <laughs> reluctantly passed it over to me because I was all—I <laughs> mean, I was on board. But she, you know, she very much just demonstrated her trust for, uh, in God uh, during that time, uh, and she knew that uh, you know she didn't want to move, but she knew if God would have us move that we, we that she would submit to that and she did so um i responded to the job posting and it went really fast i think i was hired within like a month of wow. my initial contact it was like if it wasn't a month it wasn't much longer than that it was quick it was lightning fast and so it kind of all happened at once uh so we we, we ended up getting the job uh, we pack up, we moved to Erie, Pennsylvania, which was not far from hometown. And that was, you know, a big deal for us that we were at least close. Um, it was only about an hour and a half, maybe a little bit more away from where we had uh, previously lived. Um, and we, you know, once again, super excited, uh, full-time position this time around. So it, like even more exciting for me to know that I had, would have a ton of time to devote to what I thought God would have for me. Um, you know, that honeymoon period probably, I mean, it lasted maybe a good couple of months. Um, but, uh, we, uh, we had, a, we had a little bit of a rough transition. It took us about six months to get my family here. Uh, I was commuting back and forth. Um, you know, I would, I would show up on Sunday morning, stay till Wednesday and then work from home on Thursday, uh, and, and be at home Thursday through, uh, Saturday. And I was doing that every week for about six months. Um, and then we, we finally got uh, my wife and my, my, my daughter here. Um, and then once they were here, my wife got pregnant again and, uh, it was a really rough pregnancy. She, you know, she was in a new area. Um, she was in a new house and so she was kind of, she was bedridden for that summer, uh, you know, almost a year after we had been there and, um, you know, everything just kind of seemed to be collapsing around us. Um, it just super hard transition, uh, and, and summer months, you know, I recognize can be hard in youth ministry cause there's nothing, you know, firm, there's nothing, uh, everything. Everything is just fluid, and you can't really count how you want. And so, um, you know, that first year was tough. And all in the while, in the background, there were some staffing issues uh, going on that uh, I wasn't aware of when I first came on. And I, honestly, I don't think they were there when I had first come on. Um, but uh, they had kind of developed, and you know, some some members of our staff had to step down, and that was unfortunate. Uh, you know, I'm convinced our senior pastor was burnt out. Um, and, uh, and so everything kind of seemed like a mess and it was right around that year mark 
where I was thinking, I, I don't know if we can do this uh, just because this is really, really hard. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you, you kind of left a good situation, which I mean, like it sounds like from what you're saying, even even the job that you had before moving. I mean, it was a good job. You were mm-hmm. you were well taken care of. Your family was settled. You're close to family. Like that's an ideal scenario for anybody. But sure. It, but and you're not necessarily per se in like a ministry role in the sense of a youth pastor, but you are helping and serving within a radio ministry. So yeah. there's an aspect there. I mean, did did it feel like okay? Here I'm doing this. I'm like I'm still doing ministry. I mean, this isn't you know, this is a Joanne anymore, right? This is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that helped. It, it certainly helped being involved in the ministry. Um, that, that kept me going through it and, and I was well-respected there. They had actually, before I left, offered me a promotion, um, which made it even harder to, to yeah. leave, uh, knowing that like financially it was going to be about to be a, a lot better. Um, but there, you know, I'd love to teach uh, the Bible, and uh, that wasn't happening in the spot that I was at. Uh, I was still doing ministry, but there was this sense of, like, I want to preach the Word. Um, I want to get the Word in the, in the kids' hands. I want to get it in the people's hands, uh, which I was doing, uh, but but I certainly I wanted to preach. I wanted to teach, and um, and that just – so it, that was probably the main driving force uh, behind that. Um, that, that itch that just couldn't be scratched with what I was doing. Yeah. I, and I think, I think we all wrestle with that at times, you know, like <clears throat> there's just, there's a part of us now. Okay. What about this? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm fleshing this out. So yeah, you're, absolutely. you're, you're doing this thing. You got this ministry thing, the desire to teach Oper- is are there opportunities to be like a small group leader at that point? Yeah, you know, there uh, there was uh, through through my church, and um, there would even be moments where, like, Sunday mornings, um, like, I, I had actually had a good relationship with all the pastors on staff at my home church, and uh, so, I like, they knew there was an open invitation that if they ever needed somebody to, to cover for their Sunday school class, um, I told them I'd be willing to do it if, if they would have me. And there were a few of them that did take advantage of that. And so there was a there was a handful of uh, teaching opportunities, um, you know, there every once in a while. Um, but, you know, I did come back to that whole like, you know, I want this to be something regular yeah. uh, from a from a small group perspective. I actually never uh, really considered that. I, I never did think about that uh, from a volunteer standpoint. But yeah. Um, yeah. And so your wife finds a job posting. How, I mean, how did that play out? Was she looking for it or she stumbled across it? Like, yeah, she, well, she had knew, she knew that I wanted to be a pastor and that I was looking at it. And um, that day she had heard somebody um, mention the Gospel Coalition website yeah. and, and that it had a job board. And so she said, well, maybe I'll, I'll take a look and see what's there. And um, so she looked at the posts and uh, she found this one from Erie. Uh, PA, and she thought, okay, well, that's close enough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't Texas or California or something. Um, and uh, she she actually started listening to the sermons from the senior pastor, and she thought, well, this guy's pretty good. This would be good if we could land on a spot. You know, we align theologically, and she did all this research, and then she sent it over to me. So she, she did said, her due diligence. Yeah, she said, you got to listen to this guy because he's pretty good. Um, and and I, I didn't know this at the time, but the church um, that I'm at now, they, they had been searching for about two 
years for a youth pastor. Wow. And um, they were about to go with like a search form and a search firm and pay like big bucks for, for like a headhunter. Yeah. Um, but our senior pastor had uh, stumbled across this job board that he didn't know this website even had. And uh, he said, kind of as a last ditch effort, uh, decided, well, let, let's go ahead and throw this up there and see, see what happens. Uh, and it was that same day that uh, my wife had uh, been perusing. Um, and, and so, you know, they had posted it the same day. It just happened to come across it on that day. It's just kind of God's hand kind of involved in all of this, directing our steps. And, um, you know, I, I applied for it, and the rest was history at that point. So new area, new church, you're commuting back and forth, which I think, I mean, that's pretty common for a lot of a lot of folks as they move with families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you get there, wife ends up pregnant, having a rough pregnancy. Those early months, though, I mean, how how was that? What were what were kind of some of the things that you were dealing with and trying to navigate aside from the obvious? Um, showing up on on the ground, like man, first day. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it, it was fairly fairly uh, brutal in the sense that. Um, you know, my wife and I had never moved away from home. This was our first uh, time away from home. And so there were, like you said, the normal the normalcies uh, of that. Um, but even just trying to figure out how to do ministry in a full uh, time, you know, in a full time capacity, um, getting a little bit of uh, which I, I think I've come to see as normal, but get, getting a little bit of uh, backlash as far as changing things up. You know, there were some students that weren't too happy about some of the things that I was doing or how I was different from even the interim leaders that they had. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they voted with their feet <laughs> and left and, sure. uh, you know, let me know it. And so um, just part of the normal, just the normal part of transitions where, you know, not everybody's going to be happy with you and not everybody's going to be uh, on board with the direction that you want to go. And uh, this was kind of the first time I'm a young guy, first time experience and all that, um, you know, 25 at the time, not knowing necessarily how to handle some of that stuff. Um, all the while this other stuff is going on in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just don't think I was prepared for it as well as I probably thought I was at the time. So staffing changes come after you've been there, probably around the time you're kind of starting to at least get your feet under you. Yeah. Yeah. From a ministry perspective. And then the, <clears throat> then the staffing changes roll out. Yeah. And there was, I'm telling you, there was like a heavy cloud over, over the offices uh, when that happened. Um, There's just a sense of, man, nothing stable. Um, you know, I, what, I didn't know where our senior pastor was at as far as what, what he was thinking. Um, because, and he'll even tell you now he was burned out before all this stuff with the staff happened. Um, and so when, when this happened, it, was, it got even worse. Um, and so with that staff turnover and our senior pastor kind of just absolutely burnt out, um, you know, there's a sense in, of mine that, first of all, my job's uh, not safe. Uh, from my perspective, I was assured that it was, and I, and I trust that that was true. But even from my spot, uh, thinking, man, who knows? Uh, but then also the thought in my mind of, um, even if it is safe, do I want this? Is it, you know, yeah. do I want to put no, up with sure. this stuff? Um, and, and so really mentally just wrestling with a lot of that stuff at that year mark. Um, and the worst part about it was uh, right at that year mark, 
when all of these questions are going through my head, I remember thinking, boy, if I could get out, I don't even have a way out. Uh, you know, that morning, uh, I found out that my old job opened up at that radio ministry. Um, and I actually inquired about it. I did, I did shoot them an email and asked them if they'd ever consider taking me back. Um, and, and they were willing to talk to me. And so there was that kind of sense of, uh, oh boy, I, I now have a way out. Do I just jump ship and kind of cut my ties and, and count, count my losses and just, uh, you know, once again, act like this never happened and just, and just go back home. Yeah. Because I mean, at that point, here's an open door, right? Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so at any point during this time, was there any thought of like, man, it just seemed like coming here was, was so like, God was so in the middle of that orchestrating all of that to bring me here. Did I misread that? Or did you just say, and, or was the thought just, man, what a mess. I've I've got to get away. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that at the time we were searching and at the time we were interviewing, it did. It certainly felt like God was in it and his hand was in it um, and that he was truly calling us to, to it. Uh, but once that year mark hit and uh, those um, those doubts started arising in, in my head, I, I think I really psyched myself out a lot. Um, and I, I tried to like convince myself that God wasn't in it and that I had just made a huge mistake and that I maybe misheard God or misread God. And, um, yeah, like, like I said, just trying to, I think I tried to psych myself out uh, mentally, uh, and convince myself that, uh, that this wasn't what God had for me, uh, and that I had like made just a huge mistake and I heard him wrong. Um, that was probably the attitude I had at that year mark. Um, you know, I, I'm convinced that he did. And even through that time, uh, I'm convinced that I just tried to kind of trick myself into believing, um, you know, I, I can just see a lot of my own flesh in that, in that thought process now that I'm out of it. Um, just looking back and kind of reevaluating, I certainly think that my own sin kind of came in to play and was just trying to take the selfish way out. Yeah. And where's your wife at? Where's she thinking when all this is going down? Yeah, she, you know, the, the interesting thing is um, she was a little bit, you know, she, she had always been willing to follow my lead and to um, just do do what I felt God was leading us to do. Uh, but she was a little bit more hesitant than I than I think I was. Um, you know, more times than not, she would say, you know, Mike, I know this is hard, uh, but but I think we need to stick this out a little bit longer. Um, so, you know, she was the one that was hesitant to leave in the first place. And now she was the one that was hesitant to consider going back. Um, you know, she would challenge me on that. She, she'd mm. say, if you really think God brought you here, uh, maybe going back isn't the right answer. And so it's just, she has been proven to be wiser than me throughout our entire <laughs> life. She, uh, she was a real baby Christian when we first started dating and I was like the super mature one. And I, I, I tell people this all the time. At, at one point, I remember watching her surpass me in spiritual m- maturity and I've never been able to catch up since. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, but you're still there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how long has it been now since all of that? Yeah, it'll be three years uh, in September, uh, and so we're about two years after kind of that big mess. Um, yeah. So yeah. you're you're kind of ahead of the curve here. I mean, from what 
normally happens. Normally, mm-hmm. the things that you're dealing with a year in normally don't come until about the two-year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you kind of accelerated that a little and walked through some some mess. Mm-hmm. So was it, I mean, your wife convinced you to stay? Yeah, that- well, it, you know, she was part of it. She was instrumental. We, um, you know, believe it or not, Jody, when uh, that there was really like this one weekend where this all kind of culminated. It was, you know, on that Friday, I think I, I had uh, emailed my old job and they emailed back that day saying that, you know, they would talk to me. Um, and then I think it was like that following weekend, like that Saturday or Sunday, I had actually stumbled across your website for the first time. Hmm. Um, and I had read, I don't even remember what I read. Uh, I, I can't even recall. There was like an article or a blog post. And, um, but I, I could totally see the whole mission of, of your website being, you know, a desire to, to get pastors to stay. Um, and there was just this real sense of, I have no idea who this guy is. Uh, but he's on my side and he's rooting for me. Uh, and that left like a really lasting impression. Uh, I think one of the things that I learned from whatever that blog was that I read was that like the stuff I was going through was normal. Uh, I was not, uh, I was not an, an exception. Um, and, and then like, I read it that morning and that that afternoon I had uh, gone out to lunch with my former youth pastor. Uh, and, I was like trying to convince him all the reasons why I should go back. Uh, and he laid into me, you know, he kicked my butt in the best way possible and just told me, Mike, like, you got to give yourself a break. Um, this is all normal. And he was like saying, I just remember him saying like all the stuff that I had read on that blog that morning. And like, he didn't even know that I had done that. And so it was like this real weird moment where it was like, you've been following me, haven't you? Um, and, uh, you know, he he had said that, uh, like, this happens to all pastors. Uh, yeah. And he said he doesn't know a pastor that just had a, a, a golden streets paved for him in that first couple of years. Yeah. Um, and he, and he, he made me make a promise. He said, Mike, just promise me that you'll stick it out for three years. Uh, just wait till that three-year mark and then come back and we'll talk. Just commit to it. Um, and, and something I learned from that conversation was that, like, like I could not change our circumstance at the church. Um, there, you know, I wasn't going to change the way that I felt about everything, uh, but I could make a conscious decision um, that no matter what happened, I, I was going to stick it out. And yeah. so kind of through that conversation and through what I had read on your website and, and even my wife encouraging me, it was that following Monday. Um, it was that following Monday that I had just made that commitment that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to wait and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay and we'll reevaluate here in another year or a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what happened. That's so good. So typically, you know, and I've, I've talked about this and written about this, you know, there's these benchmarks that we, we kind of hit where, you know, that first six months, just trying to get our feet under us, figure out who's what and who's who, uh, about a year in, we typically start, uh, that's when we really start making some changes and, and kind of, People kind of starting to figure out what what they have and what we have, but then somewhere around that two two and a half year mark is usually where things go crazy, um, mm-hmm. and beyond that, that's where things really start to cement themselves, and and you finally start to see what you're what you're building, um, mm-hmm. and and kind of 
you all of a sudden you start to see the, the light, you know, at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think that's really wise to stay beyond that. And, and you've got to know that that's coming. And, mm-hmm. and look, I mean, Mike, I'll be honest, like, this isn't the last time that you're going to deal with that, you know? Sure. You could stay in the same place for 15 years and you probably have, you know, there's going to be moments where things get crazy and you're ready to throw out, you know, throw up your hands and walk out again. And, yeah. and so learning, learning along the way, like you, like you have that staying, you know, is worth it at times. And look, mm-hmm. are there reasons to leave? Sure. Okay. There, there are absolutely reasons to leave. But I don't think that those happen very often. And, yeah. You know, if you're in a really unhealthy place, if your family's falling apart, if, you know, if you're wrapped up in some, some kind of sin or, you know, obviously if you're asked to leave, you know, there's things like that. Yes, absolutely. But, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you know, man, when God calls us someplace, he, he doesn't necessarily call us there because it's going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, I don't know of any real example, even in scripture, where God called somebody to do something that was easy, that, yeah. di- that didn't come with difficulty. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking through throughout that whole process uh, as I was just evaluating was, uh, you know, God called us to be faithful and obedient. Um, it, it's not supposed to be easy. Um, and, and it wasn't easy. And, you know, I bet your mark, I, I do think, like, looking back, we had justification to leave. Like, we had every... Um, we had every reason to leave. And I think it would have been, nobody would have looked at us uh, and kind of looked down on us because we left uh, given the reasons. Um, And so it was nice to be able to say that I stayed even though we had good reason uh, to leave. You know, it wasn't, uh, I don't feel like it was unjustified at all. Sure. Um, One of the amazing things, this kind of showed the leadership. I forgot to mention this, just the leadership of my senior pastor is, um, you know, there's, there's a, there was a point where I was just like expressing to him my hardship and I, I was like in tears because of how hard everything was and how I wanted to just go back home. And at one point on that Friday, he had asked me like, well, my, like, even if you wanted to go back home, do you have a way to get back home? And I was like, oh, great. Here, like, I'm not going to lie to my senior <laughs> pastor. Like, he's basically asked me if I have a job opportunity waiting for me. And so I did tell him almost reluctantly that like there was an opportunity that I was possibly looking into. Um, and here I'm, I'm thinking like, oh man, I might get the boot right here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, he looked at me and he said like the most shocking thing, he looked at me and he said, you know, Mike, you owe it to yourself to look into that. Uh, mm-hmm. If you really believe that's what God has for you. Um, and it kind of like took me back. I was surprised by the response. Um, but uh, yeah. just really showing his leadership and uh, knowing that, like, once again, the reasons were justified for, for going back. Uh, but we did uh, we did choose to stay. And I'm glad we did, uh, especially looking back. Um, I, I can honestly say that would have been like one of my biggest regrets, I think, if we if we did. I can't say for sure. Um, but knowing what I know now and seeing kind of the ministry that's been done um, and just the students we're reaching and the leaders that are reaching other students, um, I would have missed out on so much if, if I did it. And um, boy, if I could talk to myself two years in the past, I, I would say don't even consider it because there's so much uh, there, there is joy uh, and, and just 
you know, heavenly blessings from from the work that we're doing. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, that would have been the biggest mistake of my life, I think, if I had made that decision to, to go back. How long has your pastor been there? Just like, um, he just had only, yeah, he, uh, he's been here, let's see, I think he's coming up on his seventh year. He was only here for about, I think, three to four years yeah. uh, at the time I was hired. Gotcha. That's just me being curious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was part of the issue with the staff. Like a lot of, um, there was just a ton of turnover Yeah. Um, when he came on and that created issues. Um, and, and so our staff, like even now it's an old church, but our staff is relatively young. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have many people on staff that have been here more than, you know, six or seven years. Yeah. That similar thing happened here where I am now. Uh, our pastor, I think at this point, is eight years in, no. Good. Maybe eight or nine in, and I'm. There's only we we hired a, a we brought a new guy on staff last year into a new role, and so he's he's been here a, a year almost, and then I'm the next newest at six and a half here. Okay, um, yeah. and everybody else has been here, you know, uh, somewhere in the spectrum of that, really. So yeah, I, I remember when I had come on, we uh, you know my my senior pastor was here for about four years. Worship guy, children's director, were all hired under him. Uh, another adult discipleship pastor was hired at the same time I was. So we had like five key roles that were all here, like under five years. And uh, I think we were just trying to figure out how to do this and how to work together. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's at the point now where I feel really good where the staff is. Uh, yeah. But it wasn't, I mean, that chemistry was not always there. Well, it makes a big um, difference, man. Oh, absolutely. It, it makes a big difference. Yeah, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here you are. You've stayed. What are some of the benefits? What are some of the things that you've seen? Like what What was it that said, hey, I need to email Jody? Like, yeah. What, I mean. <clears throat> well, specifically, um, this was something that kind of had been on the back of my head for a while. I thought that guy probably could use some encouragement. <laughs> like he needs to know that his website reached out to me and he doesn't even know who I am. Um, so it kind of had been in the back of my head for, for a while. Um, but it was this year, every year we have like a senior night where we just kind of celebrate the class, uh, you know, that year's class as they graduate. Um, and uh, I, I love doing the senior nights. And so this past one had been my third one. Um, these seniors had been with me, you know, for three of their school years, most of their high school career. Um, the, the girl that gave, you know, we typically let one of the seniors um, give a uh, just kind of give their story, give a speech. Um, and, I, and I always try and tell them, hey, this speech, you know, we want to just encourage the younger kids to just stick it out in youth group and make it a priority to just be involved in the ministry to, to some capacity. Um, and so this girl, I, you know, I wasn't sure, well-respected, um, but uh, when she got up there and gave her speech, gosh, I was almost in tears. <laughs> I'm like getting choked up because of how she's talking about the ministry and how um, how much of an impact it had on her. And I had no clue. Um, you know, she was faithful to the ministry and attended regularly. And that's why I let her kind of go up there. Um, super articulate. Uh, but when she shared just some of the stories to the rest of the youth group about uh, specific stories about how our adult leaders were there for her and, and at a drop's notice and, uh, you know, stuff I had never even heard of before, there's just kind of this light bulb of, uh, wow, this is, this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, that, that God is doing through these kids. Uh, and I just, I have never experienced so much joy 
uh, in ministry as I had that night to that point and seeing like the kids celebrate the, this graduating class and seeing, wow, God really is working through this ministry. Um, and so it was that morning I thought, okay, I got to tell Jody, uh, I got to email him <laughs> and yeah. uh, this, this has got to happen because uh, he just has to know. Because I, like I said, I would have regretted it if, if I had left. Um, and to be able to stand on the side of it and look at it and say, you know, yes, times are still hard and there are moments where, uh, you know, there's things I got to do where I don't like my job, but uh, it's worth it. It's so worth it uh, for what God's doing and, and how he's working. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, that was really encouraging to me. So I, I appreciated the email so much. Yeah. Um, it was it was really encouraging to hear and and to read. And I showed my wife, like, look, see, people are reading my blog. <laughs> yeah, she just rolls her eyes. She's, sure. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so what are some of the things that you've seen? I mean, the share night obviously was a big deal, but like, what are some of the things that you're seeing and experiencing that you feel like you wouldn't be if you had left? Or, or even beyond, maybe even beyond yourself, like, what are some of the things that you feel like the ministry and the students are experiencing that that you wouldn't they wouldn't be otherwise if you had left. And I know that's all kind of hypothetical. Sure, sure. No, I think one of the huge things is we really prize ourselves in the ministry on relationships and being super relational. Um, and so we've got such a good crew of adult leaders. Um, I've always said that, like, you know, when people graduate, I, I love it when they tell me. You know that I've had an impact on them, uh, but I love it more when they say something like, "You know, Mike was good, but this adult leader—you know, the Sarah or the Holly or the Jen or, or you know, the the, the James or something—those people are the ones that have had a real impact on me." Um, and so I've seen our leaders just kind of go from being like chaperone type roles to like yeah. really engaging in ministry and engaging with these students and, you know, taking them out for coffee and um, going and having lunch or dinner with them. Um, and just like, I'm seeing stuff on Facebook and pictures and, and whatnot of students hanging out with these adult leaders and I didn't even know about it. Um, and so it's fun just to be able to put those just positive adult role models in their life. Uh, and like, have them point them to Jesus and continuing yeah. to point them to Jesus. And I've like, I've had parents come up to me before and say stuff like, I don't know what you're doing, Mike, but um, like my daughter or my son so appreciates this adult leader uh, for taking the time to reach out to him. And, uh, and parents will tell me all the time, like my kids don't listen to me, but they'll listen to so-and-so. <laughs> um, and, they're, and they're thankful that there's just another adult in their life that they know they can trust pointing them to Jesus. And that's yeah. like, that's really what we want is as many adults as we can pointing these kids to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a huge, I think that's a huge thing that these kids would be missing out on it if, uh, if I, if, if there was just another youth pastor that came and went, um, because it takes time to build those relationships. And, um, you know, it takes more than just a year or even two years or three years to build these relationships where they trust you. Um, it's, it's a bizarre thing because like youth ministry, I think a lot of people get confused that like we need quick results because the kids are only here for so many times. Uh, and I've told people before that like some of the decisions we make aren't for this current group of students. It's for future generations. Um, and they've really bought into that. And so in a sense, like, yeah, you want to minister to the students, you know, now, right here and now. 
Um, but uh, if you want to get a healthy ministry where you are really doing uh, real ministry work and bearing a lot of fruit, it's just it's going to take a long time to, to get to that point. Um, and you might bear quick fruit, and that's good. Uh, but the real good fruit is going to come years down the line. And we're, I think we're I think we're just now starting to experience some of that like extremely good and ripe fruit. Yeah, that's good. Well, Mike, if folks want to connect with you and catch up with you outside of this, where's the easiest place for them to do that? Yeah, I mean, probably Facebook. You can just okay. you know, search my name, uh, Mike Kazarowski. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, Mike Kaz87 is, is my tag name there. Uh, I'm not really much on, <laughs> on anything else. Those are <laughs> That's two, all right. Two big ones. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I'd be happy to give my email out too, and you, they can shoot me an email whenever they want. And is there a resource you throw out to folks? Yeah, one of the biggest, uh, one of the most instrumental books in my life is is by a guy, uh, Mark Devries, I think is how you pronounce it, Uh, The Sustainable Youth Ministry. Yeah, that's been mentioned Um, before. That's a good book. It's been huge. That's, that's, you know, I've used that as like a textbook for (laughs) ministry. Uh, and, and even he mentions in the book how like every youth pastor is an interim youth pastor and you're going to hand it off to somebody eventually. Yeah. And so his, his big thing is not like, don't be a superstar youth pastor, set up a system, uh, yeah. you know, a team that's going to, that's going to work uh, and it's going to, you know, be able to work in the long run. Um, and so, that, yeah, that book has been really, that's, if you're, if you're in youth ministry, you've got to read that book. Sweet. Well, Mike, thanks for taking the time to come on, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad you stayed. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad I, I stayed as well, and I appreciate you and all you're doing. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. We'll we'll talk later, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. keep in touch for sure. Yep, thanks, man. Cool. All right, man. See you, buddy. Mm, bye. Well, there you go. I hope you find that super encouraging. Uh, I know I did hearing from Mike even before the interview, just kind of just the email he sent. So encouraging to me. And just a reminder of just the influence and uh, the impact that we can make over kind of the the longer haul there in youth ministry. So hope that was encouraging for you. Again, head over to thelongerhaul.com slash episode 042. You'll find all the links and resources there that we talked about and mentioned in that show notes page. And then while you're there, go ahead and leave your stay story. Just click on that right button, that red button on the right hand side of the page there. And you can record your very own, and I will feature those in the podcast as we go. Finally, again, just if you're enjoying the podcast, man, head over to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you're listening and write and leave a review. Very, very helpful on iTunes particularly. Make sure you subscribe to the show so that you'll get the episodes as they come out each time. And if you're heading to iTunes, you can actually go to thelongerhaul.com slash iTunes. That'll take you right there to it as well. And then be sure to check the resource page for all kinds of goodies. That'll do it for today. I think uh, that'll, that'll about wrap it up here. So until next time, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.